Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to John chapter 10 and meet me at verse 10. John chapter 10 and verse 10. We have entered into a new season and God's going to do something fresh in this season for us. And verse 10, the Lord Jesus Christ declares, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Let's say this verse together as it's on the screen. Open up your mouth. Let's say it together. Ready? Read. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But, but what have Jesus come to do? And that they may have it more abundantly. 2011, July 24th, actually 2011, the Lord started True Life Fellowship Church. The church you're in right now today was started July 24th, 2011. And the Lord spoke to me before we started this church. He gave us a word. I mean, we started with absolutely nothing. Now, we had a handful of precious people, but we had no equipment. We, had, we were meeting in a band room at Butler High School. No, at the time, yeah, it was Butler High School in the band room. We, uh, we, we had set up and tear down going with no equipment. I don't know how that was happening. People were putting little stuff in their cars and just bringing it to church. And then we would kind of set up there. I had no microphone. We had no, no musicians. We were, we were playing tracks to them. And we really didn't have much that you see today. Thank God for progress and advancement and growth. And we, we started with nothing but a word. The Lord gave us a word. You know, in John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, that's referring to Jesus being God. But in this case of my story, all we had was a word. <laughs> in the beginning was a word. That's it. God saying, start, get going. And so I don't typically recommend people to start like we started, but I thank God for his faithfulness because I learned more things about God that I didn't know. And I learned more things about myself that I didn't know in the process. And I, and I grew and I developed and I began to trust God more and more and more. And one of the words the Lord gave us was this verse, John 10, 10, the thief, and, uh, and, and contrasting the thief with what he came to do. And this was uh, something that motivated me because I grew up in a Baptist church. Nothing wrong with the Baptist. I gave my life to the Lord in the Baptist church. I have no awe against the Baptist. I've had some Baptist friends. But the church I grew up in, uh, you know, it was all about what you can't do. It was all about you can't do this. You can't play cards. And, you know, I'm a, I, you know everybody that knows me well knows I'm a dominologist. I play dominoes, and if you ever want to challenge me, you will get beat. Just give your heads up. Uh, I, you couldn't play dominoes. That was the devil. You know, I play spades. I actually invented the game of spades. And so in the church I grew up, you couldn't play spades. 
and you just couldn't do a lot of things. And I remember being a child thinking, I don't know if I want to continue serving the Lord because it was all about things you just can't do. One time we came to the front, we had children up at the front and I, I was a child at the time. And we, we had come up with a song that we were going to perform, you know, for the church. And it was a gospel song, but we were snapping our fingers with it. And we got rebuked. Sister Howard rebuked us. You don't snap your fingers in the church. I thought, I'll never, never do I ever want to be a part of the church. I'm done, right? I don't want this. And the Lord told me there are millions of people that feel this way about the Lord Jesus, about his house, about what God's called us to do, that there are so many regulations, so many restrictions, so many stipulations that... I want you to help people experience true life. And the phrase that kept reverberating on the inside of Stacy and I was the phrase, is there more to life than what you are experiencing? Is there more to life than what you are experiencing? And I don't say this often, but I will say one of the things the Lord spoke to me was I want you to reach poor people with money. And I thought that was interesting. I'd never heard that before. I want you to reach poor people with money because there's a lot of people that have money, but they're not experiencing the life that Jesus intended for them to live. There are a lot of people that think they're doing okay, but they're not experiencing the life Jesus intended for them to live. Do you know there are a lot of millionaires committing suicide? Money does not answer all of your problems. Money does not give you peace and joy and contentment and purpose and mission. It doesn't do it. And there are many people that have money that don't have the gospel. And uh, through, through all of those interactions when we first got started, I'm starting to see today, and I'm just be transparent with you, I'm starting to see today the Lord connecting me with people that have a lot of money, but they don't have Jesus. And they have my phone number, and I'm able to minister Jesus to them and pray for them and help them and minister the gospel unto them, and they are changing. Glory be to God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Sometimes us as a church, we want to only reach the physically poor, and we forget about that there are people that feel like they're doing well, but they're really not, that appear that they're doing well. But they're really not. And we sometimes forget that particular person. And God told me back in that day, in every church, I must say this, every church has a purpose. Every church has a mission. Every church is called to reach a different group of people. Uh, In our church, you are going to prosper in this church. I thought I would get a better amen than that. People just sat there and looked at me. But if you're connected with this church, you will prosper. I'm, I'm called to preach the the elements of scripture that causes us to prosper spirit, soul, and body. In every area of our life, you're going to prosper if God has called you to be a part of this church. Prospering is a Bible word. And Jesus told us here, I have come so that you may have life. And not only will you have life, but that you may have it more abundantly. And so in essence, Jesus is telling us, I came so that you may have, possess, and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. That's the Amplified 
of John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus came to give us a surplus of life to the full until our life overflows. And so the enemy has somehow changed tradition and doctrine to, to cause us to believe that we are supposed to struggle in life. This is all for, from the enemy that you are supposed to simply struggle. My mom would tell you in the church we grew up in, she took a vow of poverty because she thought that's what you're supposed to do, that we're supposed to be poor and we're supposed to struggle in life all the time. And when she got some revelation of the word of God, she realized I renounced that vow of poverty. God wants me to prosper. I mean, how are we going to fill the great commission to go into all the world and preach to God? How can poor people do that? You can't. Somebody's going to have to finance the gospel to go. I mean, try to go right now. Just try to go to Florida right now. It's going to cost you any money to get to Florida. You ain't going to go for free. It's going to cost you some money. So it's going to require some form of prosperity that takes place to all, that causes us to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. And my mother said, you know, I took this vow of poverty and she struggled and she struggled and she struggled till she realized that was of the enemy. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. This word life is the word zoe in the Greek, and it means the God kind of life. It means vitality and vigor and energy. It means with purpose and passion. He came to give us life. He wants us to enjoy life and possess life and to continue to enjoy and possess life and do it in the overflow and do it with a surplus. So this means he wants you to have more energy than you've ever had before. Somebody say amen. amen. He, he wants you to have more wisdom than you've ever had before. He wants you to have more purpose than you've ever realized before. And he wants you to have more money than you ever thought before. Somebody shout amen. amen. In the Passion Translation, John chapter 10, verse 10, I believe we have it in the Passion. It says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, Life in its fullness until you overflow. And these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Passion Translation that he wants to give you everything in abundance. Now, the abundance Jesus is talking about is not an abundance of what you want. It's an abundance of what you need. Now, follow me on this. It's not more than enough of what you want. It's more than enough of what you need, because when you have more than enough of what you need, you can be a blessing to help somebody else in need. And so the goal is to be a blessing, and he wants you to have more than enough. See, when the, when the Israelites were in Egypt as slaves, they didn't have enough. And then they went into the wilderness to drive out an attitude of not enough. That was the purpose for them to go and to drive out all of that false mindset, attitude, learn who God is. It took them 40 years to get that driven out of their mindset. But he tried to drive it out of them in the, in the, in the wilderness, and they had just enough. But God always intended to take them to Canaan, the promised land, that then, then they would have more than enough. 
And I believe when Jesus came, he gave us the ability to have more than enough. Somebody say, I have more than enough. Say it again. I have more than enough. One more time. I have more than enough. And the purpose of having more than enough is so that you can be a blessing. And the temptation from religion, and I'm going to show you today, which is from the thief who is Satan, is to get you to think having more than enough is wrong. Having a more than enough is a sin. Having more than enough is ungodly. But if you will understand your call and purpose in life, and you realize that God wants you to be away from just having just enough, he wants you to separate from not having enough, and he wants to get you in your mindset to think more than enough, to think overflow, to think surplus, to envision having more than you need. A lot of times, uh, I like to ask, I like to talk to people, and, and people will say things to me like this, and I want to challenge this thinking. They'll say, all I really need is this. And that's one of the most selfish statements you can make, because you actually want more than you need so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. Well, all I really need is, you know, 55,000 a year. That's all I really need. No, you actually need more than that so, you, so that God can use some of that to take care of your needs and the rest to help somebody else. The rest to be a blessing to someone else. And part of the, the culture of our church is generosity. We are a generous church and we want to be a blessing to other people. And so the Lord told us back in 2011, there were four words the Lord gave us when we started the church. He said, I want you to love. Well, the foundation to experience true life is love. You got to realize and understand how much you are loved by God. When you recognize how much you are loved by him, that will start the process of experiencing true life. The next word he gave us was learn that we were going to grow as we begin to learn about God more and more. We're going to grow. So we know God loves us. Now we're going to learn. We're going to see some things in the word, and we're going to learn some things. And then we're going to live what we have learned. We're going to live by faith, and we're going to live what we have learned. And the fourth word the Lord gave us was lead, and then we'll begin to lead people to Jesus. So love, learn, live, lead were the words the Lord gave us back in July 2011, when we started the church, that is our vision. We will love, learn, live, and lead. And a few years later, he started telling us about a culture. I want, I want your church and the people that call the church home, I want them to be recognized by faith. These are people of faith, by love, by generosity, and by fun. Have some fun. It's okay to have some fun. And so, when the Lord spoke this to us, he showed us John 10, 10. He said, teach my people that I've come to give them life, my life, the God kind of life, the life that I intended for them to live, a life of abundance, a life of passion, a life of purpose, a life of surplus, a life that will be representative of who their big brother is. And who their God is, their father. Now, Satan also has a plan. And we find his plan in John chapter 10. It says the thief. Satan is the thief. The thief comes 
to kill, I'm sorry, to steal, kill, and destroy. So the thief is Satan. And understand that Jesus has already come and he gave us through the salvation process. He enriched us in every area of our life. When we gave our life to Jesus, we were enriched. Somebody say enriched. That's a Bible word. In every area of our life, we were enriched. And now Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, a thief who Satan is called, cannot steal my Ferrari. You know why? Because I don't own a Ferrari. So a thief is not going to attempt to steal something you don't own. A thief is only going to attempt to steal what you possess. So it's interesting that Jesus said, I've come to give you life, life more abundantly. That means now the thief has something to attempt to steal. And he wants to steal this abundant life that you have. And the best way the thief steals is through suggestion. This is the power of the thief. He can suggest certain things to you. And it's interesting that scriptures calls him a thief and not a robber because a thief is someone that's going to steal by trickery, by deceit. It's going to be stealth. It's going to be sneaky. And you're not going to even recognize it has been taken. A robber, conversely, is someone that's going to roll up on you, knock you upside the head, and take your stuff and run off with it. But a thief is going to do it with suggestion, and it's going to be sneaky. He's going to steal from you, and you not even know he stole it. He's going to steal from you through false teaching. Well, watch out now. Pastor Devon's up there talking about prosperity. You got to watch out for prosperity. Do you know the Bible talks about prosperity more than heaven and hell combined? You know, the Bible actually talks about money more than it talks about the love of God. But false teaching will tell you, watch out. All they want is your money. Listen, I, 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 I got money. OK, As I don't want I know that's not all I want. I want your heart. And the closest thing to your heart is your pocketbook. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. (laughs) Somebody steal some money from you right now, your heart's going to be hurt. You lose some money right now. I lost $100. I don't know where I lost it. You're going to be crying and you're going to be hurt. As soon as that money has been stolen from you, it affects your heart. Likewise, God uses the same connection for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You can, by giving your money in areas where he tells you to give, your heart will follow that. When you say, well, I don't have a heart for what's happening at True Life Fellowship Church. I just don't have a heart for what's going on here. My next question is, have you given any money? Well, no. Well, yeah, consequently, you won't have a heart. But if you're giving some money, you think, man, I love my church. I love my pastor. I love what God's doing here. Your heart is connected to your pocketbook. I know this is hard teaching, and I know you're quiet up in here, but I'm qualified to preach this to you today. And so the thief is going to steal without you even noticing it. And if you look in the Greek, one of the definitions of the word thief in the Greek is is the word we get today. I'm not a Greek scholar, so I'm not going to tell you what the word is. I can't pronounce it. But it's the word we get today, kleptomaniac 
which is someone that has a propensity to steal all the time. They, all they're looking to do is steal, steal, steal. I used to know a guy, I'm not going to say his name, I had to stay away from him. I didn't realize he was stealing from folks all the time. I said, oh, Lord, he would, that ain't our car. He would open somebody's car door. And I'm like, that ain't our car. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about what I'm doing. I am worried about what you're doing. And I was a teenager and stuff. I stayed away from that brother because that brother was stealing all the time. He was a thief taking stuff. And this is what the enemy wants to do. God's given you life and life more abundantly. The thief is going to give you a suggestion. And say, all they want is your money. And what's funny is when you go to Walmart, what does, all, what does Walmart want from you? But you still go to Walmart. That's kind of funny. Okay, and so all they want is your money. And, 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 and all the, they just want to take something from you. And, and they're going to get suggestions in there. And, and they, you got, that, ain't, that ain't what the Bible says. And this is not talking about, um, you know, doing well physically. This is talking about doing well spiritually. Well, it includes spiritually, but also physically God wants us. He, he says in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, what did he say? Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. This is the will of God that you prosper in every area of your life. And the thief is going to tell you that's not true. You shouldn't prosper. That's not right. The next thing the thief will do is the thief will try to kill you. And now when we see this word kill, we typically think about losing your life. And it includes that. But did you know that death and life is in the power of the what? It's not in the power of the devil. Did you hear me? Death and life is not in the power. of The devil can't kill you anytime he wants to. If he could, he'd done it already. He can't. He can't kill you anytime he wants to. He's got to get you saying things that line up with death. And if he can get you speaking that way, and then you'll, you'll eliminate yourself. And he's, he was behind it, but he got you to agree with him, and he, you eliminate yourself. But if you speak words of life and life more abundantly, you're going to be here all the days that God has planned for you to be here. And you're going to fulfill all the purpose he has, and there will be no premature death. Somebody say amen. amen. Nobody's leaving here early in the name of Jesus. When you, when you begin to get your tongue lined up with the word of God, the devil can't do anything about it. He is a defeated foe, and he can't take you out early. Stop being scared of the devil. The truth is he's scared of you. But you got to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So the thief is going to try to kill, and yes, he wants to take your life, but what he really wants you to do is sacrifice. If he can get you to sacrifice what God has said to you, if he can get you to quit and to give up and to say, that's not going to happen to me anymore, that's not going to happen for me anymore, and I was born on the wrong side of the tracks, and I'm, I'll never be prosperous, and, and I, you know me, I'm the wrong color, I'm the wrong gender, and, and I'll never do well, and I don't have a degree, and, and all these things that the thief will suggest and plant thoughts on the inside of you to get you to sacrifice the promise of God. He wants you to kill it. Well, it won't happen. It's taking forever. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So go ahead and sacrifice it. And then he'll begin to push you and say, give it up. Quit. You need to quit. You need to give it up. Or another area the thief will kill is in the area of your mindset. 
getting you to change the way you think more negatively than you used to. If he can get you to negatively think, get you to dwell on all of the problems that we see with our eyes and get you to dwell on uh, maybe your family member doesn't like you or, or maybe your boss doesn't like you or maybe you haven't seen the promises of God and get you to dwell on that, then he can kill what God has for you. It's interesting in Romans chapter 4, Abraham grew in faith. He actually grew in faith. He got stronger, even though it took longer for Isaac to show. He actually got stronger while it took longer. What's the difference? He did not kill the promise. He kept his eyes on the one who could fulfill the promise. He didn't kill it. And that's what the thief wants you to do. The thief wants you to kill and sacrifice the promise that God has for you, ultimately causing you to no longer experience true life. And the third thing the thief wants to do is to destroy. Somebody say destroy. destroy. He wants to destroy you. He wants you to render you unrecognizable. He wants to annihilate you. You know how sometimes we say that team destroyed that other team? That's not true. The next week, that other team's going to come back and play another game. That's not destroyed. We just use that as the terminology. Destroy would mean they cannot come back together and play another game. They were utterly destroyed. This is what the thief wants to do is to destroy you. And here's one of the ways the thief destroys you. If you're not careful, it's through offense. It's through suggestions of offense. And he will destroy your peace, your joy, your relationships through a suggestion from him that you got offended by. Let me give you an example that just happened to me recently. I'm, I'm, I, was on a, I was invited to be on a Zoom call with these pastors. It's about 30 pastors on this Zoom call. They're all over the country. And I was invited to be on it, and I've been on it. It's once a month. It's really, really good. I'm on it. Typically, they'll ask certain pastors to share. So they called on me. I shared something pretty transparent, pretty vulnerable on there because it's a group of pastors, safe place. Shared something on the group. The leader's wife of the group, I felt like blasted me. That's how I felt. I felt like she blasted what I said, and she went on and on and on. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my gosh, I opened up and I shared something. I just got blasted for sharing. The first thing the devil said, never come back on here. That's the first thing the devil said. Get off of it right now and never come back. The suggestion was planted in my mind. Don't get back on here. She blasted you. Never come back to this. And, but I sat there, I said, no, I'm more mature than that. I'm, I've, been, I've been here before. I'm stronger than that. I'm not one of, one of these, you know, uh, easily offended, immature little children. And you're not either. I said, I'm stronger than that. I said, no, this is the devil. I don't think she blasted me. I think what she said was good. Matter of fact, I ended up talking to Stacy about it. And I told Stacey, Stacey said, she might not even been talking about you. I was like, well, that's true, too. I was like, I guess I didn't, I guess I didn't consider that. I, I only considered she was talking about me. It felt like she blasted me. But how many of you know that sometimes your feelings are fickle? And sometimes your feelings aren't real? 
And sometimes your feelings are lying to you. And I bet you if I went back and listened to the recording, it probably had nothing to do with me. But in the moment, I felt like she blasted me. I said, I'll never, I'll never coming back. I'm not getting on this thing no more. They done. That's it. I'm done. And the, and the, the enemy was talking to me. Cut them off. Don't talk to them no more. They just embarrassed you and blast you. And then I started thinking, no, this is the devil. God invited me to be a part of this group. God set it up that I was requested to be a part. They asked me to share, and time to time they do ask me to share some things. And in this moment, and what if she did blast me? So what? So what? Move on. Well, and this is what we're quick to do, and this is how the devil kills relationships. Well, he said that about me, and I'm, I'm getting out of here. Pastor said something I don't agree with. I'm out of here. Guess what? Sometimes I go back and listen to my messages, and I say things I don't agree with. I say, oh, my gosh, I don't agree with that. I can't believe I said that. Sometimes that happens. Everything that comes out of my mouth is not pure gold. Are you listening to me? Part of my job is to challenge you, to get you to think a different way. We had one particular guy that's coming to our church, and I, I was saying something. I guess he didn't agree with it, and he just didn't agree with it. And he said, he finally told me, he's going, Pastor, I almost left the church because I just didn't agree with it. And, and I prayed about it, and the Lord said, Pastor is right. And he said, the Lord showed him scriptures. He's like, man, I want to come to you and apologize. What you were saying was actually correct. I just didn't see it that way. But that doesn't happen all the time. What happens is, well, Pastor said this. And uh, I'm out of here. Or someone else said something to you or your spouse said something. You're so quick to get offended. You're so quick to get upset. And you have to you're going to have to start. This is what I want you to start thinking, because understand it's the enemy that's trying to destroy the relationship. He's been doing it since the beginning of mankind. He's very good at this. But the only tactic he has is suggestion. That's it. Well, they said that about you, and you feel a certain way about it. I want you to start saying this. Are you ready? This is what I want you to start saying. Don't say it right now, but I want you to consider it when you get hurt. This is what I say to myself. I'm not that important. That's what I say. Somebody says something to me that is offensive. I'll tell myself, I'm not that important, so that shouldn't bother me. Because the reason why I bother you because you think you're really important. <laughs> That's why I bother you. How dare she blast me on that Zoom call in front of everybody? Why? Because I think I'm very important. But when I, start, when I sat there and I thought, man, she's blasting me. And then I thought, I'm not that important. It, whether she did or didn't, I'm not that important. Then I had another thought when Satan said, she may not have been talking to you. I was like, well, that's true too. Start thinking, I'm not that important. Say that, I'm not that important. <laughs> I know you think you are, and some of you didn't say it because you think you are. But <laughs> the truth of the matter is, you're, you're not that important. And when you start humbling yourself, this stuff would no longer be offensive to you. Well, pastor said this to me and, and it hurt me. I'm not that important. Maybe he needed to say that to me. You know, maybe I need to listen. I'm not that important. My, my uh, I can't remember who, one of my family members, I was going to say my grandma. I think it was my grandma. She used to say all the time, chew the meat and spit out the bones. Chew the meat, don't get offended. No, in that quote was not get offended and leave. It was chew the meat and spit out the bone. Get, it, get offended and get a divorce. No, chew the meat, spit out the bone. Get offended and don't talk to your, your mother and father for the rest of their life anymore. No, 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 no. Chew the meat, spit out the bones. 
And the devil has had a tactic over centuries of destroying relationships through the power of suggestion and offense. We get offended. We hear something. And Jesus said that it is impossible not, no, it is impossible for offenses not to come. So they are coming. Opportunities to be offended are coming. Some of you are offended right now. They're, they're coming. What are you going to do with that? You're going to have to recognize this is the devil. This is the devil, and he's trying to separate me. He wants me to lose my joy, my peace, my contentment. He wants me to act out of character. He wants me to cuss somebody out. He wants me to do things that are not becoming of who God's called me to be. And he did it by simply a suggestion, and he used other people. The devil uses other people. Did you hear me? God uses other people, but the devil does too. Y'all know the story when I was working in corporate America. I'll tell it again if you don't know it. This guy was making fun of me. He was playing the dozens. I don't like to play dozens, but they were playing the dozens, and I, I was just sitting there smiling back and forth, and finally I said something about him. Yep, yes, I did. I said something about him. Everybody laughed, right? He started saying mean things like he wanted to fight. Well, shoot, I want to fight too then, all right? You want to fight? I want to fight. And so here I am. I stood up in my chair like, Let, let's go. What's up? I said, matter of fact, let's go to the parking deck. We don't have to do it right here. Now I'm dressed up in corporate America, you know, and I, I start walking to the elevator like, Let, what's up? What's up? Finally, this guy comes running up to me, Jamie Ficino, I'll never forget. He says, he grabs me, do not go down that elevator. He's like, they'll fire you if you walk out of here trying to fight this guy. He said, I'm not letting you go down. Finally, he calmed me down. I went back to my seat. And I, I go to church that Sunday, and I wasn't pastoring at the time. And at the church I was going to, I told one of my friends of mine about it. He goes, because I was still mad at the dude. And the friend said, you know what? That was a spirit that was trying to get you to compromise your faith and get you out of the place God had for you. He said, don't be mad at the God. Be mad at that spirit. I said, that's it right there. Begin talking to that spirit. You, you foul spirit, you tried to get me out of the plan of God. Then let me say something very bold to you. Nobody can make you mad. I, they made me mad. No, you chose. They don't have that kind of control over you. And if they do, you need to get control of yourself pretty quick. They can't make you mad. You chose to get mad. And at that moment, I chose to get mad. And I did want to put these hands on him, okay? But thank God I got stopped. I go back to work. That was on a Friday. I go back on Monday. And word got around what happened. That guy got reprimanded. They moved his seat. The management came to me and said, did he, was this a problem to you? Do we, you want to do more than that? I said, no. I told this. It ain't him. It was, it was a spirit. They're like, a spirit? It, don't worry about it. <laughs> It was a spirit. I know you don't know this stuff, but it was a spirit. It's not him. I don't want to do nothing more to him. That's fine. And, and then I'll never forget, the guy, managed, one of the managers, he said to me, remember, you're not here to make friends. You're here to make money. And don't let anybody stop you from making money. Now, little did that I know at the time, you guys know my story. I got promoted two times in three years. Started out at 28000 
and end up making in three years over $120,000. If I'd have fought this dude, all of that's gone. My testimony's gone. All of that's gone, and all the enemy had to do was suggest. Do you know, does he know who, he, who he's talking to? He's talking to you, Devon. He's talking to you. And we feel like, you are you talking to me? Tell me, you see people fighting over chicken sandwiches, all type of stuff, over this dumb stuff. Getting shot and killed, what happened? Well, they got, they got mad over a football game. The Cowboys lost, and they got into a fight. Cowboys lose, that's what they do, okay? You don't have to fight about that. I'm sorry, Brad, but you know what I'm talking about. They getting they fighting over that. This is the devil. And it's time for us to start recognizing it. Well, pastor said this to me, and I, I'm mad. I don't like pastor no more. That's the devil, because you know I love you. Say, Sarah, we're talking about this the other day on the airplane yesterday, about we're talking just about this and how sometimes we need to consider the person saying it to. Like your spouse. Did your spouse really mean to hurt you when they said that? Like, did they wake up this morning and say, I'm going to hurt them? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hurt my wife today. Yes, I am. That's my plan is to hurt her today. Or do you think as your pastor that I, I, I woke up that morning saying, I'm going to say something to hurt you? That's what I want to do. I want to hurt the people in my church. No, we were talking about it yesterday. You're going to have to consider the source. Well, he didn't mean that. I don't think he meant that. No, devil, you know what? That's you. You are introducing suggestions and thoughts that are not even true. And he didn't mean that. When this pastor's wife, who I know very well, I felt like blasted me, my flesh was done with them. And the spirit of God rose up on the inside of me and said, you think she just meant like, what I'm going to do? He gonna, I'm going to ask him to talk. I'm going to blast him. No, this is the devil. Are you listening to me today? This is the enemy that's coming in to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus is saying, I want you to prosper. I want you to enjoy life. I want you to have energy and vitality and vigor. I want you to carry purpose. I want you to increase. I want you to abound. I want you to prosper more and more. This is, the, this is what God's saying. The enemy's saying, this is how I'm going to steal. This is how I'm going to kill. And this is how I'm going to destroy. And there are many people hurt. Yes, there are people hurt in church that the pastor has done things to hurt them. Maybe even intentionally. Yes, that has happened. I apologize on behalf of all pastors that have hurt you. Please receive it because that has happened. But now it's time for you to own up and say that was the devil. And I'm not going to leave my relationship with God. I'm not going to leave my relationship at my church. I'm not going to leave my spouse. Maybe, maybe you're in your second or third marriage and you've been hurt. You've been hurt. It's time to forgive. Say this is the devil. I'm not going to do it. I'm not having another marriage. We're going to make this one work because the grace of God is on it. Amen. And the devil's trying to separate us. And you have to start seeing, this is what Stacey and I do when we get into arguments. And we rarely get into arguments, but we do. And I, I talked to a guy recently. He said, my wife and I have been married 15 years. We've never been in an argument. And he thought I was going to say, glory to God. What I said was, y'all not, y'all don't ever talk. That's, what, that's basically what you said to me. Y'all never talk. Stacey and I can get into it over a TV show. 
She see it one way, I see another. And we go back and forth on that, right? And if you're not careful, we both, well, I, 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 see, I can't believe you see it that way. Well, I, see, I can't believe you see it that Good night, you know. I, come on now, I'm not the only one in here. No. We start saying, when contention comes, this is what we say. We're on the same team. Now, one of us has to be mature enough to say it first. It's not me all the time. <laughs> We're on the same team, and the devil's trying to separate us. And that gives me perspective. At that moment, I started, you're right. You know what? It's you and I. We may not see eye to eye on this, but the contention is the devil. It's not you. It's the devil. Devil, flee in Jesus' name. We're on the same team. Somebody say, we're on the same team. This is what Jesus came to do for us, is to give us life. And I want you to recognize that Satan is trying to steal the abundant life Jesus has given you. You're not waiting to get the abundant life. Jesus already came and through the salvation process gave you everything that pertains to life and godliness. You have it all. Next week, we'll go a little further into this. But you'll, you already have everything that you need on the inside of you when he gave you the Holy Spirit. You have everything you need, and Satan is trying to steal it. And the way he does it is through the natural means of suggestion, thought, and offense. And I'll say this, and I'll wrap up with this. If there is an offense situation that occurs, and they will occur, you have two options. You, number one, go to the person and say, that hurt me. That offended me. I felt this way about this. When you said that, this, that, and the third. Go to them. Say that to them. Here's option two. Drop it. That's it. Drop it. Let it go. Let it go. We're done. So if you're not going to confront them about it, then drop it. Don't go find Pookie and Ray Ray and, and start mess and, and get to going, can you believe they said that? I can't believe it. Girl, they said that to you. Yeah, they did say that to me. This is why I'm, I'm getting a knife. If I were you, I'll get my knife. And next thing you know, you're doing something stupid. You drop it. Two options. Option one, confront the person. Hey, this bothered me. Option two, Drop it. This keeps the devil out of your thought life. This keeps him from stealing, killing, and destroying. This keeps him away. This keeps him fleeing from you when you are determined to say, you know what? I'm either one, going to address it, or I'm going to drop it. I'm going to prosper. I'm going to keep my peace. I'm going to hold my tongue. This year is a model that I have in my heart this year is, uh, learn to stay quiet even when you have a lot to say. And that has kept me out of a lot of trouble. When I just, all right, I got a lot to say about that, but I'm going to learn to stay quiet even when I have a lot to say. That's a sign of maturity. It's a sign of growth saying, I'm not going to let the enemy come and steal my peace. Who am I? I, I enjoy sleeping at night. I don't want him stealing my sleep at night. I enjoy uh, being in good relationships with my, with my spouse. I don't want the enemy come and get me out of good relationship with my spouse. I enjoy hanging out with you guys, ministering the word of you guys. I don't want the enemy telling me, well, you know what, nobody there like you. And he tells me, nobody, nobody like you at True Life. Why do you keep preaching? Nobody like you. I say, you are a liar. 
I'm highly loved by the people at True Life. Somebody say, we love you, Pastor. Okay, see, I believe it and I receive it. It's the enemy. All these suggestions that are popping in your mind that come out of left field is the devil. You're going to have to recognize it right now. Why are you harping on this? Because I want us to recognize that we can't see him, but when he pops in our mind, that's evidence. And it's not going to be like a, a pitchfork. It's going to be a contrary thought to what you believe. Then you say, that is your wife don't like you. That is the devil. Your kids don't like you. That is the devil. You're ugly. That is the devil. You'll never reach the full potential that God's called you to be. That is the devil. And you start recognizing it. You said, that's a thief. And what would you do if you caught a thief trying to steal out your house? What would you do? Be honest with you. Would you sit there, oh, Mr. Thief, let me bake you some chocolate chip cookies while the police come? Or are you going to get a bat and bang him over the head? <laughs> I'm getting the first thing I can grab. I'm going to beat him until he don't move. Right? This is what you should do with the devil. As soon as you said, you foul, ugly spirit, get on out of here. Get out my mind. And if you see someone else dealing dealing that, you don't go up to them and say, that devil's in your mind. No, you talk to the devil in your own prayer time. Devil, you get out my husband right now in the name of Jesus. Come out of him. Come out of my boss. Come out of my kid acting crazy at school. In Jesus' name. Are you listening to me today? Jesus gave us life. He wanted us to enjoy this life. I didn't say you wouldn't go through anything. The Lord won't let me stop. There's there's something else on the inside. When When I'm lifting weights, I don't enjoy that at all. Now, I like the idea. (laughs) And I I go to the gym pretty often, but I like the idea. But when I'm doing it, I'm not not like this. Yay! Yay! I'm like, six more. Come on. But when I get done... I feel good. I've never went to the gym and said, I wish I didn't go today. I've never said that. I feel good. When that moment, I didn't enjoy it, but after I got through it, I did. This is the same life that Jesus is talking about. Every moment of every life is not enjoyable. Jesus didn't come and say, it's going to be Doritos and cotton candy every day, every moment of every day, every day is a Friday. He didn't say that. There's going to be things that are not enjoyable, but those are seasons. Everything else is it's teaching you how to live this abundant life. And if you were never sick, how could you appreciate health? When every time I get, every time the Lord's, or the Lord, every time the enemy has attacked my body in sickness, Man, I start appreciating health more and more and more. Like, thank God. And I always say this. It feels good to feel good. <laughs> Woo. I, I mean, if, it, how can you enjoy more money if you never were broke? You, you can't. You don't value it and appreciate it. How can you experience healing of a broken heart if you never had your heart broken? Listen to what I'm saying. Every day is not, you know, every moment of every day is not always the best. But the, but the truth 
is Jesus gave you life and life more abundantly. And through this, I'm going to experience abundant life. Some way, somehow, I'm going to end up with a surplus. Some way, somehow, I'm going to end up with overflow. Some way, somehow, I'm going to end up with more than enough. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.